0: continue our study uh, this month of February on some of the one another passages found in the scripture. I just want to offer just a couple reminders as we begin this morning. Please come out on uh, Wednesday night at 7 p.m. It is always a wonderful time to study together and to pray together as a church. I know sometimes it's a a late point in the day, but it's one of the highlights of the week that is a joy to be a part of. to offer that to you this morning as we begin. And for those who are joining us online as uh, we are live streaming, uh, many who are unable to get out yet or for various reasons, as part of this local church, that uh, those of us in this room and those of us watching are reminded that Jesus is Lord and that we come to serve Him, to know Him, and to worship Him. So let's open with a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your word is true. Father God, and now turning to this passage of scripture, I pray, Father God, that our hearts, our minds would be edified. Father God, that you would challenge us, correct us. Father God, that the name of Jesus Christ would be exalted. I pray, Father God, that even in our insufficiency, I invite you to turn with me now as we begin to the Epistle of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. We're looking at two verses this morning in context here Galatians chapter 5, verses 25 and 26, set in a broader context of which we are very familiar with, and that is the fruit of the Spirit. We know we are very familiar, Eric read it for us this morning already, but the fruit of the Spirit is know that we are called, if we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, that this is how we are to live. We want to see this morning what that has to do practically with what the the New Testament titles often one another, how we treat one another. We mentioned last week that in the New Testament, from the Gospel of John all throughout, there are 59 one another passages found in the New Testament. And here this month, we're just taking a a few weeks and looking like for us as a church, as the body of Christ. So as we begin, I I have a question for you, and you may or may not like this question, but I think we can all relate. Have your buttons ever been pushed by somebody? You know what I mean? Somebody knows just the right thing to say or the right action to take to get you to react or to set you off. It starts young. It often starts with siblings. Unless maybe you or an only child. It often starts with your siblings. It could be the older to the younger, or often case, I have found it is the younger to the older. My youngest knows just what to do to get the older children to react. It may or may not get them in trouble if they get caught. But even as adults, we, we grow up and, and we, we encounter people on a daily basis, family members and colleagues, and or even and strangers, depending Sometimes, you know, that person just says something. And it just make, makes the, the hair on the back of our next stand It just rubs us the wrong way. But we could also get a little bit more personal. You know, have you ever been mistreated? Or have you ever mistreated anyone? Maybe prior to salvation or even afterwards, and we're convicted by bleeding of the spirits. Some of our sinful habits not die down. Very well. We say things we wish we could take back. We we do things that cause other people to react to our motives. Sometimes it's intentional. Sometimes it's very unintentional because we're sinners. As we think about these things, so we want to think about how Life. I'm going to do what I want. I'm in charge. I care for myself. Nobody can tell me how to live. We can say it this way: Who is Lord of your life? Pastor Tony Meridia asks this. Reminds us of this. Not only has our identity changed in conversion, but we also now have the power to live every day by the Holy Spirit. We belong. to Galatians chapter 5 verses 25 and 26. We want to ponder these things. How are we treating one another? Are we as a church, are we as Portage Bible Church, are we known for loving and serving or are we known for getting one another to react? Verse 25 says this, after Paul has listed by the leading of the Holy Spirit, that the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. All these things and how we interact with Says in verse twenty-five, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking. this morning. Point number one, we want to consider. Are we walking with the Spirit? Walking by the Spirit is evidence that Jesus Christ has truly transformed our lives. We saw that last week as we were reflecting on Romans chapter 12 and how we love one another and honor one another because, verses 1 and 2, we've been transformed by the renewing of our minds because we are indeed need by the Holy Spirit. Paul writes here in verse 25 he says, if we How do we know what the Spirit is doing? We'll set the context we have seen already this morning, the fruit of the Spirit. But if we go back just a little further briefly, we read in verse 26. Sorry, uh, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the desires of the Spirit. The flesh and the Spirit. Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, begins to list out what you could, we're familiar with the fruit of the Spirit. He lists out some the fruit of the flesh as well, as the passage continues. They are against the desires of the Spirit, for and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh, or you say the fruit of the flesh, are evident sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. It's not an exhaustive list. How often we might condemn sensuality and orgies and drunkenness, but we so, so often excuse fits of anger, rivalries, or dissensions out this list of hierarchy in our mind. These are the things of the flesh, is Paul's point. Things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who have belonged to Christ Jesus the flesh with its passions and desires. If we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit as believers in Jesus Christ, if we are living by the Spirit, it shows that we have truly been transformed by the Lord Jesus Christ. What's going to come out of our lives, the things that we say and do will become evident to give us one assurance of our salvation that we do know the Lord. We do not live like we once did. It also gives evidence to the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters, that there is indeed something different about us, that indeed the Lord is at work in our lives. It doesn't mean that sin is completely eradicated. Christ paid for our sin on the cross, and the day He returns, what a wonderful day that will be. There's going to be no more. But until that day, we live in our sinful. we bring into our context of how we treat one another if we live by the spirit one commentator says this the spirit exercises a transforming work of grace in the life of the person who walks by the spirit this life produces fruit consistent with the character of the holy spirit we are called to live by so paul says if you live by the spirit Christians who have been saved by the blood of Christ have been set free from sin. If we live by the Spirit, acknowledging that He is indeed Lord and He is in control of our lives, living by the Spirit is that we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. At the point of our salvation, at the moment of conversion, when we confess with our mouth, whether at a young age or an older age, at some point, Believed by faith that Jesus Christ is Lord, who saved us from our sins, we confessed with our mouth at the moment of salvation. God sent His Spirit to live in each of us, to make that profession that we are indwelt, that He goes with us wherever we go. And Jesus assures us that in the Gospel of John, that those who are Snatches out of his, the Father's hand. It is the Holy Spirit, Jesus says in the Gospel of John, when he's assuring his disciples that he is soon going to depart from this world. He's going to go prepare a place for us, and the disciples are worried. What do you mean? Why do you have to leave? You're not supposed to die. This is not how the Messiah is supposed to do these things. But he reassures them. the Spirit, we were reminded to not to glance over this passage and just read and say, oh, I'm so familiar with love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Wow, that sounds great. But remember, this is the chapter 3 reminds us of this powerful work of the Holy Spirit. As we are reflecting on how we love and serve one another, we're thinking about that we don't need to do this on our own. It's not in our own strength and our ability. It's in the fact that we have been redeemed. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And God's work is at at work in our lives. In Titus chapter 3, as Paul is writing to his young son in the faith, disciple Titus and teaching him how to lead the church on the island of Crete, chapter three is full of some really sound doctrine about the work of the Lord in the lives of the believers. Titus chapter three, beginning in verse four, says this, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy it should remind us hopefully we taught, Eric brought this up in Sunday school this morning Ephesians 2 8 9 for by grace are you saved he reminds us but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared he saved us he came to this world. he died on the cross for our sins not by work done in righteousness we did nothing not by any point that we say we have God didn't go just Jesus Christ up in heaven and said hey getting their act together. Now you can go and help them get the rest of the way help them across the finish line. Regeneration. Regeneration. Jesus saved us us by the mercy of God, and the Holy Spirit did the work of regeneration. Regeneration is not a word that we mention very often, but it's rich in biblical truth. One theologian says this, so listen carefully as we talk about regeneration for just a moment. Regeneration is the mighty work of God by which unbelievers are given a new nature, being born again. Very familiar with that. Regeneration is particularly ascribed to the Holy Spirit working through the gospel. It is one, both the renewal of, removal of one's old sinful nature, and two, the imparting of a new nature that is responsive to God. Regeneration. not our job to pick us up, pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, as the old saying goes. We are indwelt by a third member of the Trinity, the Lord who is sovereign over all and shares that same attributes with his Son and with the Holy Spirit, God who is on the throne, ruling and reigning over all things forever and ever, the Son who is seated at his right hand, interceding for us, preparing a place for us. Back to our text, Galatians chapter 5, that we are keeping in step with the Spirit. If we live by the Spirit, that is the one who's regenerated us, the one who's renewed us, the one who's indwelling us, reminding us, convicting us, and teaching us, and as we read his word, we have an understanding of what it means. Now we Matthew Henry says this, let us show by our behavior, let us give evidence by our good practices, that the fruit is evident because we are keeping in step with the Holy Spirit who is in the I think about keeping in step with. even call them out, when will you get your act together? And then, you know, later that night, to choose our own way and do our own thing. Give in to temptation. No, you are Lord. I want to do what your word says. I want to be led by you. I want to keep in step. I want the things I say, the choices I make, the things I think, how I speak to be in line with scripture. And that is because the Holy Spirit is doing a work in me, convicting me, leading me. As Matthew Henry said, he said a moment ago, let us show by our behavior. Let us give evidence. Pastor Tony Meridia reminds us of this. For the believer, we are to walk in the Spirit under the leadership of the Spirit. What a privilege to have the Spirit leading us. And Pastor Tony Evans says this. To keep in step with the Spirit means to march in step with your commander so that he can lead you step by step. It's easy to see when, when soldiers do that, but as believers in Jesus Christ, as sons and daughters, as joint heirs, are called to live, just as soldiers keep in step, moving forward together as one, as a unit, having each other's backs without fail. Because when one soldier gets away and does his own thing, Christ alone for salvation? The moment of conversion, you are indwelt. Have you been renewed? Is the fruit of the Spirit evident in our lives? Is the fruit of the Spirit evident at Portage Bible Church? Is he at work producing the fruit of godly character in how we live our lives? Can we look at one another and see that indeed the Lord is among us and at work among us, that we are indeed, as the text says, seared that we say we're a believer but there's no evidence because we keep giving in to our own sinful nature or it, but is the evidence there? And as we go to point number two this morning, looking at verse 26, we have seen how the Holy Spirit is to lead us. Now let's see what that is supposed to look like. What does this have to do with our idea of one another? What does this idea of being in step with the Holy Spirit have to do with this whole idea of our topic of one another? Point number two is this. Paul is writing to the church at Galatia and says, if you live by the Spirit, you will keep in step by the Spirit. He says in verse 26, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Let us not, that is those of us who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, are submitting our lives to his leadership. He is Lord of our lives, we are not. We who are being led by the Spirit. the name of Christ. We who are brothers and sisters in faith and joint heirs with Christ, we are not to become conceited. That is selfish pride. Or to put another way, to live for ourselves, to seek out our own interests, our own affairs, our own agenda, our own little self-sovereign reign, my life, Become conceited, living in sin. Let not pride rule our lives. We have that. We have that inward pride, a selfish, sinful nature. We're constantly wanting to suppress. Constantly wanting to put to death. As Galatians 5. Bible Commentary says this. Paul says here in this text, this sort of pride leads to envy and dissension. It is precisely the opposite of walking in step with the Spirit. Provoking, being conceited, being conceited, provoking one another, envying one another, is the opposite of walking in step with the Spirit. Two points I want us to consider from this verse. others as somebody to compete with, to one up each other with, to seek recognition, to make ourselves look better in the sight of others. Matthew Henry says this. He cautions us against such pride and envy. He says, thus, a foundation is laid according to the fruit of the Spirit. This foundation is laid for these quarrels and contentions, which are inconsistent Christians ought to maintain towards each other. If we are walking by the Spirit, if the fruit of the Spirit is evident. To get somebody to react by what we say is, is hopefully what used to be, No. they didn't have. The whole process of coveting or envy is that idea of I'm thinking about what I want first. Provoking causes dissension. Envy causes us to think. And to, if, we're, if we grow in envy, To provoke or envy, but rather we should love and serve one another in the household of faith, that is the church. Rightly, we must remember that we belong to Jesus and that we possess the Holy Spirit. And we've all seen this. We've all seen it in our kids. We've all seen it in our grandkids. We know which sibling will say or do something to set the other child off. And sadly, what the one co-worker or the one boss will say just to get that person to react to misbehave or to prove them wrong to make themselves look superior sadly we can be often seen I want to seek the interest of others for myself. I want to seek the interest of Christ. If we are provoking and envying, we are not loving and serving. And therefore, we will be out of step with the Spirit. The question to ponder is, submit to him, confess our sins, say, Lord, teach me. I want to walk in you. If we love and serve one another, we know that we are in step with the Spirit. Some of us might even ask, you know, that common question, what is God's will for my life, or how should I be living? Constantly fighting and bickering with one another, it's clear we're out of the will of God. Or to say, as our text says, out of step in the Holy Spirit. If we are loving and serving and caring for, meeting one another's needs, seeking to build one another up, seeking to edify one another, We treat others in the body of Christ shows and gives tangible evidence. that as we reflect on this Spirit would do that, renewing, transforming work that you so promised. That his work would be evident in the lives of each and every one of us who claim the name of Christ. That the fruit of the Spirit would be evident in reported to Bible Church. That we are indeed submitting ourselves to you. Father God, I pray for anyone in here who does not know you as Savior. Father God, anyone who has maybe professed, but has not really trusted, somebody who, who thinks they are, but really not. I pray that your Holy Spirit will do that work of regeneration as you so promise in your word in their voice. Wake them up to salvation to see the truth of Scripture. Father God, now